0: Welcome to episode 276 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from May 19th, 2019. It's titled, How PBCs, Process Behavior Charts, Can Enhance the Practice of OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. If you want to find links to everything mentioned here, if you want to see uh, the charts and graphs that I'm referring to, these probably come across better visually, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 276. Now, over the past year or so, I've heard about the OKRs methodology that's used in tech companies like Google. OKR stands for Objectives and Key Results. The approach, along with examples and case studies, is laid out in the book by venture capitalist John Doerr. It's titled Measure What Matters, How Google, Bono and the Gates Foundation Rock the World with OKRs. That's that's some good marketing there. Um, I don't have. Google Bono or the Gates Foundation using process behavior charts. Uh, that, that would I, So I understand why uh, the book catches people's attention there. Now, in, in this book and with OKRs, I think there are some similarities to the lean practice of strategy deployment, or at least in some of the goals, uh, they're the same, as Dorr writes. Uh, OKRs is a management methodology that helps to ensure that the company focuses effort on the same important issues throughout the organization. Strategy Deployment, or SD, works to align the organization around what we call the true north direction of the company, a small number of metrics and goals, and the initiatives or large projects that will help an organization close measurable gaps in performance. Both SD and OKR seem to focus on prioritizing our goals and activities, realizing the reality that we can't do it all, or we can't do it all at once. So as the book says... An OKR objective is the what. It says an an objective is simply what is to be achieved. No more and no less. By definition, objectives are significant, concrete, action-oriented, and ideally inspirational. When properly designed and deployed, they're a vaccine against fuzzy thinking and fuzzy execution. An objective for a hospital, it might be something like zero patient harm. That seems to fit each piece of the OKR Approach, significant, concrete, action-oriented, definitely inspirational. Key results are the measures or the how. says, so key results benchmark and monitor how we will get to the objective. Effective KRs are specific and time-bound, aggressive yet realistic. Most of all, they are measurable and verifiable. Now, the, in the examples given in the book, key results are sometimes more of a to-do list than they are a metric but they're important contributors to the objective as as we break things down. As with SD, OKR works to create alignment through the cascade of objectives and key results. In a lean culture, the SD process tends to be collaborative, bi-directional discussion, not just a top-down goal deployment as we might have seen in more traditional companies. I'd be a bit concerned if OKRs were mandated simply in a top-down way. Thankfully, Dorr writes... Quote, to avoid compulsive, soul-killing overalignment, healthy organizations encourage some goals to emerge from the bottom up. Duer writes about the dysfunction that can occur with goals, citing a 2009 HBR article that was titled "Goals Gone Wild." Boy, that, that's kind of a dated. It was even a dated reference in 2009, I think. Goals Gone Wild. Um, there's a call-out warning in the book. It says, "Warning." Goals may cause systematic problems in the organization due to narrowed focus, unethical behavior, increased risk-taking, decreased cooperation, and decreased motivation. Use care when applying goals in your organization. Now, if an organization sets unrealistic goals, as as we saw in the VA scandal and and the Wells Fargo scandal, it's natural and I think something to be expected that people might game the system, They, they probably will game the system, if they're trying to avoid being punished or fired. We can't get alignment around an unrealistic goal. Now, Dor does write about the need for managers to be coaches on an ongoing basis. He says, just scrap the annual performance review. Um, Dr. Deming and Professor Sam Colbert would be proud. And, and I did uh, an interviews podcast with uh, Professor Colbert. You can find that at leanblog.org slash 117. Get rid of the performance review is his book that we were talking about. But Dor writes... When companies replace, or at least augment, the annual review with ongoing conversations and real-time feedback, they're better able to make improvements throughout the year. Alignment and transparency become everyday imperatives. When employees are struggling, their managers don't sit and wait for some scheduled day of reckoning. They jump into the tough discussions like firefighters without hesitation. So I think the main question coming out of the OKR approach is, well, how exactly do we gauge progress against our goals? How do we know when we're on track or, of course, corrections are needed? Now, as I teach in my book, Measures of Success and in the workshop, there are three questions that come from Dr. Deming. One, what are we trying to accomplish? Two, by what method? And three, how will we know? DOR and the OKR approach seem to be strong on questions one and two, what we're trying to accomplish, the objective, and by what method. Um, In many cases, this seems to be the key results. But in the book and the examples I found online, there seems to be a lot of red, yellow, green color coding, or or we see comparisons of a snapshot of actual versus target. I see tables of numbers when run charts or better yet process behavior charts would show a much richer picture of reality, allowing us to manage better with less waste. Being data driven doesn't necessarily mean managers will be making the right decisions with data. So in the blog post, there's an example that was tweeted by someone at Cleveland Clinic where they're apparently using the OKR approach in conjunction with their Cleveland Clinic improvement model that includes lean. As with the OKR approach, there's a lot of good stuff here, but it could perhaps be a little better. I see meaningful and measurable goals, which is good. One is the number of falls per thousand patient days. The 2018 result was listed as 2.94 and the 2019 goal is 2. One. I I don't know why they pick a goal of 2.1 instead of two or or 1.5. Who knows? But you know, rolling up however they've done it, rolling up all of the 2018 performance into a single number hides a lot of context. Unfortunately, was 2.94 an average for the year? Was this number improving, and and by what method, or was the number just fluctuating around an average? An SD methodology would have some prioritized initiatives and projects that would be expected. To bring falls down, or at least that's a hypothesis. Does that mean, our our goal, does that mean reaching 2.1 by the end of the year or averaging 2.1 for the entire year of 2019? I'm I'm sure the team and leadership there clarifies that. These are questions I would be asking. So in the blog post, um, I show an X chart. This is the part of the PBC chart that shows the data, the moving range chart, the companion uh, chart isn't shown. But I, I just made up some data where the 2018 average was 2.98 by the end of the year, and there was fluctuation around an average. So we calculate an average, and from those 12 baseline data points, we can calculate what we call lower and upper natural process limits. And in the chart, that range goes from about 1.5 to 4.5. So the 2018 data tells me that the metric is just fluctuating. And again, go to leanblog.org audio two seven six. Um, slash audio 276. Um, I'll try to spit that out. Um, You can go and you can look at the charts, but the data in the chart tells me that the metric is just fluctuating. We don't see any, what we call signals that the system has changed based on three key rules. One, we don't see any single data point outside of the limits. Two, we don't see eight consecutive points on the same side of the average. Three, we don't see three out of uh, three or three out of four consecutive points that are closer to the upper limit or the lower limit, closer to the same limit than they are to the average. So since there are no signals, all of those data points are noise. There's no root cause for any single data point in 2018. Those results are all generated by apparently the same system. There's a level of natural variation that's in that metric. So then moving ahead to 2019, I drew in the goal of 2.1 with a, a blue dashed line. So that that first kind of hypothetical PBC in the the blog post tells us that it's possible that we'd hit 2.1, the goal, for a month, because that's higher than the lower limit of 1.5. But to get to that level of performance over multiple months, that's going to require improvements to the system. No amount of a leader saying, we can do this, will inspire anything more than incremental refinement of the existing system. Instead, leaders and employees need to work together to make more drastic improvements. Now, this is where the coaching approach of lean or OKR enters the picture. In Toyota speak, having a gap in performance, that's just a rational fact. It's nothing to be upset about. And I'm sure that's how Cleveland Clinic manages things. But I've heard a sad story recently from a manager who left, we'll just call it a now former lean healthcare organization. The the culture there, uh, this person said, has changed a lot under new leadership. They described it as, you know, uh, basically set aggressive targets and then yell at leaders and threaten their jobs. You know, if you can't hit these targets, we'll find someone who will. Well, that's not lean and that's not what OKR seems to be about either. But let's say the 2018 numbers each month showed more variation and ended the year at a data point of 2.98. Uh, the X chart would would look different. We have an average of 6.26. Again, this is made up data. You know, they, let's say they had two months last year with zero falls. Um, the calculated limits are basically zero and 20. This falls per 1,000 patient days. And then the second scenario, we would ag- again expect future months to fall between zero and 20. Again, this team could likely hit the goal of 2.1 some months, but to sustain that performance um, at that level, it's going to require significant changes to the system, not just better efforts. So in either scenario, the 12 months of 2018 have been used to establish a baseline that shows the average and the natural process limits. New 2019 data points can be evaluated against this baseline using our three rules to look for signals. So the tweeted example from Cleveland Clinic shows some data points for 2019, which um, I've added to the chart using the second scenario. So in the real world, we'd add a data point each month as it goes, and we'd evaluate it as we go, this is what the OKR and SD methodologies call for. We don't just wait until the end of the year to evaluate results. So, this time um, I've shown the full PBC, an X chart and an MR chart. And the first two data points um, in 2019 were at about uh, 13 and 11. They're above average, they're above the goal, but they're within the realm of noise. The next two data points, March and April, were zero. So none of those data points are any indication of a signal. We shouldn't get uh, too upset about the two that were above average. We shouldn't look for a root cause for those since those data points are part of what we call common cause variation. Now, the next two data points at zero, again, having two data points that are below average or two data points that are both lower than the goal isn't evidence of a signal. This is where we have to combine our PBC with our knowledge of our system and our improvement efforts. If there had been some major change to the system in late February 2019, I might start to be encouraged that maybe that maybe there's a start of a downward and sustainable shift in the number of falls. So going back to Deming's three questions, what are we trying to accomplish? Reducing or eliminating patient falls and harm? By what method? Someone might say, I don't know. We've just been watching and talking about the metric. Well, if that's what has happened, I, I think those two data points of zero might likely just be fluctuation. I wouldn't be surprised if the number jumped back up in May if we haven't changed the system. So it's a, it's a rule of life that there is variation in every metric. It's a matter of the real question is how much variation is normal. A system defined as the same healthcare professionals treating the same type of patients in the same space with the same workflows and the same technology won't always generate the same number of falls. It's a fact of life. There's variation. But going back to Deming's three questions, maybe we answer them differently. One, what are we trying to accomplish? Reducing or eliminating patient falls and harm. Two, by what method? Oh, we implemented a falls reduction bundle in February that's based on a number of evidence-based practices. How will we know we've improved? Well, when we see eight consecutive below-average numbers in our metric. So now that there's improvement work, we'd have a reasonable hypothesis that falls will go down. We might not know how much. You know, there might be a new way of doing things that merits a leader saying, keep up the good work. But if nothing had been implemented in those two zero months or just noise in the system, keep up the good work might not be a helpful thing to say. So as I kind of sketched out fake data for the rest of the year um, we've got you know, some data points that are at zero, some that are a little bit above the goal of 2.1, but we see 10 consecutive data points below the baseline average. That's what I call a rule to signal. So 10 consecutive data points. You know If that seems like a slow way to prove that the system is better, a weekly chart and a weekly metric would show us a signal more quickly. We know, We can notice a few things about the last 10 months in the chart. One, we seem to have a new system. It's it's a predictable system, and it has an average of 0.85 for the last 10 months of the year. Two, some data points will be above that new average, and there's no reason to freak out and look for a root cause even after two consecutive zero months and it going back up. The last data point is 2.3, which is just above the goal of 2.1. Now, if I were an executive who was evaluating that team, I would say, hey, great job. There's evidence of a sustained and significant improvement in the results through a method. I would not punish the leader for ending the year above the goal. That data point of 2.3 is noise. Now, I heard another sad story during a recent workshop from a manager who had been beating her goal all year, doing better than the goal, but then missed the goal in the 12th month. So get this, she didn't get a raise. That's got to be really frustrating. Now, she was, she was going to go back and try to find the data that would allow me to see if her last month of the fiscal year, if that was a signal or if it was just noise, she suspected it was noise. So going back to the chart, we can draw a new average and new limits for the process behavior chart showing the shift that occurred with the improved system in place. Now going into 2020, I would predict that falls per thousand patients days would be anywhere between zero and the new upper limit of 5.19. Any single data point uh, above that number is noise. This might be frustrating to a leader. It's undesirable, but it's the real reality of the situation. The system is not yet capable of hitting zero every month, and that's not capable of being below the target of 2.1 every single month. More improvement activity is required. Okay, so this post went into detail about process behavior charts, PBCs, and how they can be incorporated into the practice of objectives and key results, OKRs, in healthcare or any setting. Process behavior charts tell us so much more than a single data point or a list of multiple data points in a spreadsheet like grid. You know, when in doubt, as as they say, my friends in the UK say, plot the dots. You can see what the voice of the process is telling you. So I'd be curious, does your organization use OKR? How do you evaluate progress or performance? Would you be willing to try PBCs? Um, You can uh, read more. You can see the charts. You can comment on the post by going to leanblog.org slash 276. Now, I do want to, um, I'm going to share a comment. I I posted uh, a link to this blog post on LinkedIn. And here's a, a comment from Jeffrey Berger. He says, we've been experimenting with using PBCs with OKRs for about six months and have learned much from how which key results we choose affect the system measurements. It has allowed us to make more intentional decisions when selecting which key results we think will most help achieve the objectives. The PBCs have allowed us to better show and communicate the changes in the system that occurred. Thanks to both Mark and John for sharing insight into those areas. So that's the post. I appreciate um, the comment there. And um, I'd like to hear from you. Again, go to leanblog.org slash 276.